Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Thanks for joining me again, and I am back because, well, there's just more to say as usual. And, you know, yesterday I was talking about how much New York City had changed since I was a kid. Like, we didn't have the High Line. We didn't have an L train. We didn't even have the little reminders that told us when a train was coming, a subway was coming, any kind of transportation was coming, and how long we had to wait. We just had to wait. And there were times waiting for these subways to get me back to Grand Central Station where the last train out was 1.30 in the morning and I would get there at 1.31 and that train was gone. And I would curl up in a ball right outside the Hudson newsstand where all the cops and the army guys were and I would just close my eyes and sleep on the floor curled up in a ball over my backpack waiting for the 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. train and I remember back back way in the day I would be waiting on the subway tracks now the bigger stations like 125th Street, 42nd, 34th Uh, I would say Union Square, maybe somewhere around like the N and the R on 6th Street. Like, yeah, maybe. Somewhere around there, maybe around Spring Street might have some police action, but the smaller subway stops didn't. And I remember waiting as you had to get where you had to go. I never had enough money for a cab when I lived in the city, and plus who really takes cabs when you live in the city, unless it's like an emergency. So I would get on the subway to where I needed to go and the guardian angels, like one of them would just kind of step out of a shadow and nod their head at you and step backwards. And this happened to me probably three or four times where I felt really safe. And the reason I'm talking about this is because the city is changing so much and Times Square is just different and now Caroline's Comedy Club is closing. Being said via Channel 7 News that New Year's Eve, December 31st, will be the last night that this famed comedy club will be closing its doors after 40 years. So there will be a New Year's Eve show. Uh, Caroline Hirsch announced that she is not renewing the lease. And I mean, after 40 years, that's pretty fantastic, you know? She, you know, launched this and she moved to South Street Seaport and then finally to Times Square in 1992. And the funny thing is, two years later in 1994, I drove down there with my limo full of friends from the prom and we couldn't get in because we didn't have tickets, but we didn't understand that. Actually, no, we could have gotten in, I think. I don't remember what was happening, but we didn't go in. It was a long time ago, the prom. But um, yeah, it's it's just so crazy that it's it's closing. I mean, so many names have have played there. And you know, here's a funny thing: is I have a love hate relationship with stand up comedy and comedians in general because I know a lot of them like to push envelopes that really press people's buttons, and that art and comedy are supposed to be you know, provocative, but I'm just not into like the whole insult comedy thing. 
So whatever. But it's just another piece of New York history that's that's leaving us. And yeah, I remember we could not get into Caroline's. It might have been a, like full because back back in the day, there was a waiting list for everything. Anything that had to do, especially in the 90s, with being able to see a celebrity. So like Planet Hollywood or the Supermodel Cafe or Caroline's Comedy Club, um, you know, anywhere that we thought we could sort of bump into, you know, a celebrity. But the funny thing was, we didn't realize they weren't there. That was just like their names on it or they would show up for events. But when we were like 14, 15, we would go looking and we would try to, you know, see whatever celebrities we could see. Now, sometime in the 90s, it was like the 25th anniversary of Rocky. Planet Hollywood wasn't always on 42nd. I forget where it was originally. But we would go to the original Planet Hollywood and then it moved. And I remember I was in my acting school. I was at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts at the time. And walking through Times Square, coming back from drama book shops, ironically, and who do I see but Sylvester Stallone getting out of a limousine with all the lights on him, and he's making a speech that dreams really can come true, and not to give up. And I actually do have an episode of the true story of Rocky. So, you know, I mean, he's he's pretty much like a self-made success story. And, you know, I got to see him for a brief moment in, in New York City, and it just is so strange to me like how much has changed i mean the rents were always expensive but wow it's like i always thought yeah i'm gonna go back i'm gonna retire there because i don't need my car and i would absolutely love to but i also want to be able to like live comfortably and if the rents keep going up i don't think it's gonna fit my budget it's like becoming the same thing that i feel now about um you know living in in the state of california like if you can't do it you know, on a on a multi-million dollar level, it's difficult. And I'm not saying like you shouldn't be, you know, humble within like a studio apartment, this, that, and the other thing. But I think starting out in life, those things are easier to handle than going backwards and going to a much smaller place simply because you want to, you know, live somewhere. And although New York City will always be in my heart and soul, I don't know if it's going to be in my budget, but also with so much changing there, everything that I used to know, it's like becoming another generation's city. And the fact that I haven't really been there to be part of it almost makes me feel like I'm like now on the outside. But it also makes me happy because I want to see a new generation and a more modern New York City, you know, giving us its vibe because the vibe of New York City will always remain the same. It's just the people in it and how, you know, they interpret that vibe, the the street fashion, which puts any other fashion to shame. To shame will always be my favorite. And I mean, I know there's great street fashion everywhere. Milan, Florence, Paris, you know, people have uh, incredible styles, but I'm saying for United States, 
right? For, for this country, New York City street style beats any haute couture, any high fashion. That includes Balenciaga. And this has been a little bit of a quick episode, but I'm going to leave you for the weekend with these eight minutes. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Messy Closet. And don't forget to keep art and keep love alive. <laughs>